0: Hi, my name's Rob Scott from UC Today and welcome to our Microsoft Ignite special update. So just before we get started, I'd just like to give EPOS a quick shout out for sponsoring today's news update. So as always, I'm joined by Tom Arbuthnot, UC Solutions Architect, Microsoft Certified Master and MVP. Welcome, Tom.
1: Yeah, hey Rob, how's it going?
0: I'm absolutely exhausted, Tom. Last <laughs> week it was a spectacular Ignite week. So, you know, how about yeah, you?
1: and me both between Ignite and the, and, the, and the day job, all the news flying in, it's been been busy. So yeah, excited and exhausted in equal measure, I think.
0: Absolutely. And and did you manage to experience the keynote in mixed reality using Altspace VR or not?
1: Uh, no, actually I, I did it traditional. I've done Altspace VR. I've done a couple of presentations in Altspace VR. So um, I, I know the experience. I think it's really interesting, but I went uh, traditional this time.
0: Well. It was my first Microsoft keynote in ultra VR, so I thought I'd give it a go, and uh, I think it was their first one for that. Um, but after I'd kind of banged into the desk a few times and uh, my my login failed numerous times, I eventually got it working. But it was well worth the effort. It was uh, it was pretty sensational by the time we got. It that. is
1: pretty interesting, actually. It's a bit like it's a bit out there, but um, having presented to an audience there, the the, the the feeling of having an audience and then having questions asked and the spatial audio and stuff it does it is a little bit different i think there's gonna we're gonna see more of that for sure
0: yeah it was definitely quirky in places as well you know it, was, it made me chuckle you know it was, it was probably it had tens of thousands of people tuned in but actually you know in the Auditoriums, you know, there's like only about five or six avatars around me at any one time. <laughs> so I was thinking, it's oh, pretty quiet, really. Yeah,
1: I, I think it's still a niche. Uh, it's not your typical user going to jump into VR just yet, but uh, that, that's how it starts, isn't
0: it? Exactly. Yeah, it was cool. Really, really enjoyed the experience. So well done, Microsoft. Hey, tons of news came out of Ignite last week. It's probably one of the most exciting Ignites I've seen. I know it was uh, was virtual, so uh, not quite as good as being there, but um, we did get some really good news. So, Tom, what was top of your list from last week?
1: Yeah, so so number one in the UC space has to be uh, what's called Operator Connect for Microsoft Teams and Operator Connect Conferencing for Microsoft Teams. So this is a really big deal. This is allowing operators, so carriers as I would probably call them, PSTN carriers, direct peering with Microsoft and the admin of their phone numbers turning up in the Teams admin center. So you can have a a number from BT or OBS or Pure IP or a whole host of others, admin it directly in the Teams admin center, assign it to your users. You don't run the SBCs, you don't have any third party admin console, you just do it all natively in Teams. Yeah, this was
0: huge news. I mean, this, you know, lit our website up, you know, UC Today website up like a, I bet. a Christmas tree last week. Uh, lots of people kind of asking questions about it as well. Um, I mean, in layman's terms, this means that it's, it's effectively a self-service kind of setup for a phone system and all your direct routing, all your kind of stuff that you typically go out to a company for, you can pretty much set it up within the portal. Is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, yeah. So so it's an evolution of, of, of direct routing as a service, really. So today you can go to numerous carriers and say, I want user phone numbers from you. They will run the SBC for you and you will configure to connect to them. It's just taking that next level of ease of saying, actually, an admin who doesn't really understand what telephony is or what direct routing is can just go in and buy a phone number. Um, but traditionally, you could only do that with Microsoft Calling Plans. Now you can do it with the third party carriers.
0: And only certain carriers, right? So there's only certain carriers on the list right now. So what, what's Correct, there? correct.
1: Yeah, so, so, so those are probably the carriers that worked with Microsoft first. They do say the program will open up to more, but it's not just a technical thing. There's a shared service level agreement. There's direct peering between those, those carriers and Microsoft. So there'll be some bar carriers need to meet with Microsoft to get on the program and on the portal.
0: Right, okay, that's interesting. Hey, what was next on your list then?
1: yeah i guess just just one more on that one the the other the other big thing was the conferencing numbers coming in so that is now bringing conferencing as well as telephony so previously we could only bring in telephony phone numbers from third parties now we can go to OBS or NTT and get conference phone numbers as well so that I didn't see coming as like a a, you know Microsoft have traditionally said no we're we're going to provide PSD and conferencing we want to manage it first party and that unblocks a lot of people that didn't have number coverage from Microsoft so that you know some parts of Africa and Asia were hard to get coverage from Microsoft to have first party numbers in those Places or cities or countries. Uh, now you can mix and match between Microsoft and third party or have third party for your conference numbers as well.
0: Very nice, very nice indeed. What's next on your list?
1: Yeah, so rounding out telephony news, Microsoft, so they, in one hand, they announced their direct partnering with all these big carriers, and in the other hand, they say they've added eight new countries for their own first party service. So they're now up to, they say, 26 countries, I would say. 24 because they have kind of a special relationship with Telstra for Australia and SoftBank for Japan. Um, But yeah, there's another eight countries, New Zealand, Singapore, Romania, Czech Republic, Hungary, Finland, Norway and uh, Slovakia. uh, uh, Yes, Slovakia all having first party numbers direct order from Microsoft.
0: So it seems that Microsoft are pushing it in all directions right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a funny, funny co announcements isn't it? I guess it's whichever you prefer. You can have calling plans, you can have roll your own direct routing, or you can have uh, Microsoft's Operator Connect and have it all managed for you with that third party. So I guess they've got a, a big user base with different use cases.
0: Yeah, and I think it sends a key message that it, there is something for everyone, right? I mean, no matter where you are, what, what kind of deployment model you, you're looking for, Microsoft does
1: have a solution. Yeah, and you can mix and match as well, which is really important. So maybe you've got some countries where just buying three numbers from Microsoft makes sense, and other countries where you want to roll direct routing and have PBX interop and all sorts of techie techie interop. That you can do both.
0: Super. Next up, we said we talk about webinars.
1: Yeah, this one this one shocked me. Like like the features great, so up to a thousand users, proper registration pages, post webinar stats, all the webinar features you'd expect, but the shock was they're bundling in at E3 and higher. So E3 is their sort of more or less base knowledge worker license. And and I think there's amazing value here. I really expected this to be an add on skew, not a default in the box. So uh, up to a 1000 users joining interactive. And then it also rolls over to up to 10,000 users in the view only mode. So I mean, if you go to competing webinar platforms and ask for a, an 11,000 user webinar, you're talking good, good money in a lot of cases. And this is just in the box.
0: So this is an interesting move from Microsoft. Then, I mean, Microsoft again, pretty serious about webinars, uh, would you would you say?
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's clearly a, it's a use case that, that that has obviously increased within everybody, right? We've, there's, no, there's no physical events. So everybody's doing webinars or I mean, Microsoft likes to talk about it as kind of, this, you know, different event types. So they talk about meetings virtual events and webinars, Um, but yeah, I I think they've got the engine. The thing they were lacking was registration pages and follow-up stats. So in terms of development for them, it's not huge amounts of development, um, but it's interesting to see them willing to just throw that in to get, get the, you know, users involved rather than try and add a skew for it.
0: Yeah. Interesting. The webinar battleground continues. Um, I think it's
1: only going to get more aggressive. We'll see, see what, how people respond to that. I mean, all the, Dedicated webinar platforms and services are gonna have to add significant value to say why they're worth the extra now
0: Well, and and that might not be a bad thing in terms of pushing it on from a kind of innovation point of view as well kind of getting that webinar you know uh, taking the webinar to kind of a whole new level you know over there yeah year.
1: there's always microsoft are most things for most people but there, you know there's always a last 10 percent or a last mile where you can significantly differentiate and add some value so it will definitely put pressure on that part of the market to see what they come up with
0: yeah good point Okay, next up, we said we talk about PowerPoint and, you know, we haven't talked I don't know, we haven't talked about PowerPoint ever on this show before. So,
1: uh... <laughs> no, no, I think it's, a, yeah, it's PowerPoint uh, Live View is the uh, PowerPoint Live, sorry, in Teams. Uh, it, I mean, it's a, it's a brand name for uploading your PowerPoints and having a better experience presenting, really. So I think Microsoft are leveraging the PowerPoint brand to point out they can do things with PowerPoint that other platforms may not do because... There, there in PowerPoint, right? So they can show speaker notes. They can see, you can see a speaker layout where you can see the content move it forward, move it backwards. People on the uh, meeting or webinar can move the content at their own pace as well. They can turn on accessibility mode on the viewer basis. Uh, so it's just a slicker experience for presenting. But one of the things we see a lot is people doing Teams meetings and they present in PowerPoint and they leave it in the editor mode so they can see their own notes and see their own slides uh, which is not the slickest of experience so this is kind of taking it up a level so you can present you know much more professionally but still see your notes
0: good i love i love that feature when i saw that i thought yeah i can really see that that's good bring the whole new dimension it, to team uh, you know to powerpoint
1: yeah it teams. It's, a, it's one that it, it's one that doesn't sound amazing on stage it's like great PowerPoint, but like when you use it and same thing with the, the dynamic view, which are, uh, these are the other kind of paired kind of scenario feature, changing layouts dynamically, putting people over content, having a report of you like YouTube style kind of use um, that stuff really changes the level of engagement in your meeting so that they're they're you know demo demo features like oh great different layouts but when you come to use it day to day joining different meetings and having different layouts does keep them more engaging
0: yeah absolutely and it kind of adds into the kind of webinar piece as well doesn't it in terms of just you know bringing it all together um, you know cameras on as well you know making sure that you know it's not just a death by powerpoint kind of slide deck Uh, so I, i really like that i think it's great
1: and that's one of the things where these things overlap is webinars. Traditionally, you know, you'd know, you have a different platform to your enterprise comms platform. So we, you know, we've done it. I've seen customers do it like there's a pre-meeting about how to use this webinar platform and your, will your audio device work and will it all be different? Like presenters who don't present every day, that's an extra stress on them. Whereas to them, if it's just another Teams meeting and it's the same as every Teams meeting, they're like, okay, cool. I know my camera and headset are going to work. I, I understand what the buttons do. It's quite a nice extension.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Something slightly confused me. Next up was something that uh, was uh, was released called Teams Connect. I almost got it confused with Operator Connect, but it is something fundamentally different. Tell us more.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is shared channels, but the brand is Teams Connect. Uh, so, you know, you can imagine that that's been inspired by uh, friends in the industry because that's a, a brand name other vendors use. Um, but it's, it's, it's about having a Single channel in Teams where you can invite external participants in. So previously we would have team as the level of uh, kind of container, if you like, or group or space where we'd add external people in and they could see everything in the team, every single channel. Now we can say a dedicated shared channel brings in external people. Um, but what the really big thing in terms of user experience is that shared channel will appear natively in the users team's client without them having to tenant switch or change so that fundamentally changes the ease of collaborating with partner orgs and external customers suppliers because previously they, they would have to switch into your tenant which is enough friction that only the hardcore would do it but this is will just appear natively as a modality channel in the abc customer tenants
0: and that's pretty cool because i mean I, you know, you work with a lot of organizations, you speak to a lot of customers. Are, are they kind of looking for more and more of this kind of intercompany collaboration piece?
1: Definitely. It, it, it's on the up. But I mean, we, we do a team per customer, for example, and some of our customers use uh, have guest access to those teams and they would switch into them. But most of them, they don't want to switch tenants to jump into our team to have a conversation. Whereas this model will suit us much better. So we'd have a team per customer. Now, it might not be pertinent for the customer to have direct access to everything in that team, even though it's the team about them. But the one channel where they're in it, suddenly that makes it much easier for users and for them to understand. That's the space where Modality and Customer X collaborate. And critically, that will just appear in their team's client like any other channel, no switching, no changing. So they can just jump in, jump out.
0: That's interesting. And maybe a discussion for another session, which is this kind of, you know, the world without email discussion. I noticed you was reading a book recently on uh, on email and uh, I was thinking, you know, potentially you know, this intercompany collaboration might t- kind of help reduce, you know, the actual email coming into the inbox.
1: Yeah, this is this is the type of scenario that makes it way more likely to be used by much much more people. The tenant switching was great if you had a hardcore use case like I'm going to spend two hours collaborating with that customer or partner, um, but. Just to dip in and out there was a lot of friction whereas this is you know, we'll see it, it's rolling out in preview now it's due around june we'll see uh i i'm confident this will uptick the level of federation and collaboration between organizations a lot
0: Excellent. You might want to put some context around what I've just said. I'd I, I said that you read a book on email. I don't think <laughs> Yeah,
1: let me, um, there we go. I don't know if it'll view. A world uh, without
0: email. Well, yeah, this is
1: Cal Newport's latest, but I mean, it's really about uh, reducing all uh, thought out quick communication. So it's as much uh, a world without constant chat of Slack and Teams as it is about Email, But really interesting in that it's it's pointing to more structured meetings and stand up type mentality for business. So my job, I spend half my time with developers and half my time with the business. The whole stand up uh, scrum board model. I can see how that's so much more organized than sometimes the business side of like fairly rapid, constant communication. So, yeah, it plays into whole Teams and Slack, modern communications conversation really heavily.
0: Yeah, interesting. Well, grab, certainly grab a copy. We'll put a link in the description.
1: Yeah, we... it's really interesting, really. If you're in this space, it's worth a read because some of the things we're advocating for can, you know, take into an extreme, can potentially be detrimental as well.
0: Yeah, and during this kind of shift to kind of hybrid work and this kind of new work, uh, certainly in the digital workplace or wherever you are, it's, it seems everyone's trying to work it out right now so all, all knowledge is very welcome i'm sure
1: <laughs> definitely
0: great next up we said we talk about encryption one of my favorite subjects tell us more
1: yeah this is uh interesting i didn't again didn't expect to see this so soon necessarily so microsoft are adding genuine end-to-end encryption for Teams. So the first question I usually get here is, isn't Teams encrypted already? Oh my God, like it it absolutely is encrypted already. It's encrypted from you, the end user to Microsoft. So if I like have a meeting or a call, my stream is encrypted from me to Microsoft. Microsoft, can decrypt it to mix in say audio or do recording or do anything clever in the meeting, You know, take a recording, do transcription, then they encode it, encrypt it again and send it to the other person in the meeting. And in a peer-to-peer call, our media is encrypted between the two of us, but Microsoft technically have access to the key. So in theory, they could decrypt it. What What end-to-end means is Microsoft don't have the key. Can't have the key. Never had the key. So, you and I in a call or eventually a meeting share our own private keys. Microsoft never had them. So even if they took the data, they couldn't decrypt what happened in that call or meeting.
0: Cool. So is that across every communication medium then? Is that a call, so a chat, you know, a meeting?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. So right now, so starting off very specific. So right now, it's going to be ad hoc. Peer-to-peer calls, and only if you turn the feature on. So this is not a feature everybody's going to want to turn on by any stretch. It sounds good, and you know Zoom had a big uh, a big conversation about this because they, they they marketed as having this feature, and, and now they've added it in the last three or four months. Um, so so obviously Microsoft have been asked for the same type of feature, I would imagine. Um, but you lose a lot when you go end-to-end because the the, the provider can't get into the stream. So things like transcription, mm. adding clever bots, recording the call, all that stuff gets a lot, lot harder. So I, I would only say you need to turn this on if you fundamentally don't trust Microsoft or you have to have a use case where by regulation you could you have to prove that they couldn't have got to it. But for most customers all their data, all their email, all their SharePoint, all their chat, everything is on Office 365. So if they don't trust Microsoft to not listen in to their meetings, I feel like the ship's already sailed. Uh, So so, so it's a a very specific use case. It will be governmental or other use cases where they have to prove that Microsoft couldn't have possibly listened in as opposed to not trusting them.
0: Yeah, that is a fair point. Uh, (laughs) For most organizations, I think, uh... Yeah, pretty, uh, pretty well ingrained in the whole Microsoft 365 kind of world nowadays. So,
1: yeah, but but good, good, good tech. It will push the boundaries. And again, this is a nice thing of competition in the space pushes us us forward. So uh, it's only going to roll out for peer to peer calls in May meetings to follow later. Uh, But yeah, interesting tech.
0: Okay, so for CRM fans uh, of Dynamics, there's there was a little bit of news uh, last week, wasn't there, Ed Knight? Tell us more on that one.
1: Yeah, yeah, so, so uh, a couple of announcements around Dynamics. So Dynamics is Microsoft's kind of workplace uh, automation management and CRM systems. Uh, they are adding like native Teams chat and video experience into the Dynamics experience. So being able to start in Dynamics and reach out to people for say chat or for calling. Uh, also, they're connecting the Teams experience, particularly the webinar experience, to pump data back out to Dynamics. So you start your webinar in Teams, you finish your webinar, you get all your attendee data, pump that into Dynamics, and do the email campaign and the follow up through Dynamics. Uh, so it, it, it's interesting because Microsoft have so much tech quite often, like Dynamics is a completely different world to office 365 Uh, so interesting to see them bring together and i imagine again competitive scenarios you've got slack over at salesforce now you can see how salesforce are going to bring in a story around we have your crm and we can do customer communications i think this is microsoft getting ahead of that conversation a little bit
0: yeah that's pretty cool and we're certainly here more around kind of collaboration in you know uh crm environments and uh in in contact center and and customer experience environments as well. So just baking the whole communication piece into whatever workflow platform or program you're using is pretty cool. So I can see some advantages there for sure. Uh, next up, we said we talk about Viva. Uh, we said we'd probably not talk too much about Viva because you know, kind of a... <laughs> yeah, I
1: think v- Viva could be a whole whole conversation in its own right, and it kind of is a very non-technical conversation. Um, so we got some some further news on Viva, even though it was only launched a few weeks ago. Uh, but I, I think we're going to save the the bulk of that. We have got the up up and coming uh, webinar, haven't we, on Viva.
0: Indeed, indeed. Um, So we will report more on Viva as it happens. uh, But you know, I certainly agree with Tom that the story's not quite finished yet. It's not been told. So next up, we said we'd talk about Microsoft ACS. So there was a little bit around this wasn't there at, uh, at Ignite. So it's quite interesting.
1: Yeah, this is, I think this is, the in our space, the most underrated news of Ignite. So I expected this to blow a bit more than it did. So ACS, the Azure Communication Services, is Microsoft's CPaaS offer. And what it actually is under the covers is really it's the thing that runs Teams. So Teams is a application on top of ACS. So all your meeting and call experience really is an API call to ACS. Uh, and Microsoft now opened that up to third party developers. What this adds is the ability to connect an ACS session directly to a team's client, uh, which you think is an obvious scenario because they own both, but it didn't come in day one. So this is allowing sort of scenarios like say you have a, a retail WebRTC based experience for customers, so they go to the you know Dixon's Boots website and they have a video interaction with somebody but on the back end the the staff member can be in their native team so any proprietary client or third party just another team session to them.
0: Yeah really interesting and you know if if you want to get I suppose really kind of innovative as an organization and, and want to kind of code into that kind of archi- infrastructure I suppose it's it's really exciting what you can do with it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, if you're already a team shop and, uh, and you have CPaaS use cases, so B2C or B2B. And another one I hear a lot in finance is giving all the key customers you know, iPads with one button to connect to their, their rep or their account manager or whatever it may be. So again, you could give them an iPad with the Bank ABC app one-button, native bank-branded application on the iPad side, but just rings a Teams call on the on the, the internal side, and you get all the benefits of Microsoft, you know, control and twin security, all that good stuff, because you're staying on Azure throughout.
0: Fantastic. And finally, in today's list, we said we'd talk about something that was almost as big as Harry and Megan over the last few days uh, in the news. It certainly shook our newsroom when we heard about Microsoft Mesh tell
1: us more on that yeah mesh i mean mesh is what kind of opened up ignite and it it's it's very much forward-looking stuff so it's bringing together uh some ar vr conversations into what could be potentially things like teams in the future so microsoft owns some interesting Properties in this space. They own a product called AltSpace VR, which is a virtual reality uh, meeting experience. They obviously own Hololens and have a lot of stakes in augmented reality. So Mesh is a is a a first step and kind of a, a I think a signal of direction where they start to bring together those experiences and they started to say, well, what if this is a new way to meet with it, be it in AR, where we add virtual and physical, albeit with things like, um, you know, uh, what's the word? Like a, a a fake person, so not a not ARVR, but like uh, representatives of people in the meeting, and it's all a a virtual physical meeting space.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's certainly picking up more around kind of three D meetings and ho- like holograms or you know that kind of thing within meetings. I mean, it's, I, I was absolutely bowled away by Microsoft's kind of announcement last week around Microsoft Mesh, because I thought it's right, okay, now things are getting serious in the enterprise with extended reality and all those realities within it.
1: I think it's interesting from a competitive standpoint because it starts to be like, well, Microsoft is spending God knows how much in each of these spaces because they have full technology divisions in AR and VR and cloud. And um, so it starts to get interesting if you're a, a UCAS vendor like, like, do you plug that stuff into your platform? Do you try and compete with it? Uh, I, I think as as I was, there was a good conversation on Twitter the other day about, you know, Microsoft, how do you compete with that level of investment in that space? And where are we in five or ten years around meetings? You know that's going to be very much the norm on some kind of timeline. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I think it's a space to watch.
0: Yeah, because right now, I mean, if you think virtual reality and augmented reality, you're thinking kind of Facebook, <laughs> Google, uh, Microsoft, you know, the big brands, aren't you, with the yeah. big budget, absolutely. So.
1: Yeah, I'm sure Amazon are in the mix there for sure.
0: Indeed, indeed. Hey, so loads of lo- news, Tom, thanks so much for joining us. If, if Certainly for, for anyone out there, if you're keen to explore more of this news in detail, jump onto tomtalk.blog or jump onto uctoday.com forward slash Microsoft and you'll get all the latest viewpoints and product news. So. Tom, I just wanted to mention on a final note, we do have CX Today's launch event coming up uh, next week on the 17th of March at 10am UK time. So we've got a session called Building a Contact Centre with Microsoft Teams. Um, We've got Landis Technologies, Louware, and Geomant joining us. So it's going to be a really good conversation.
1: Oh, that's an awesome lineup. That's all, yeah. All the people I would want to talk to in that space, for sure. That's definitely an interesting, uh, interesting area. And you should uh, you should quiz them a bit on ACS as well, because that's starting to get in that in the mix there.
0: Mm, it is, yeah. It's, I mean, so much to talk about at the moment. It's getting really exciting. I mean, you know, it's certainly on the back of this pandemic. It seems that uh, you know, the, just the, the rate of innovation from Microsoft and other vendors is is great. And uh, the, certainly, the Microsoft ecosystem is just kind of expanding all the time. So, really interesting to see. Cool. Hey Tom, thanks for joining us. Good to see you.
1: Yeah, no, it's good. Good, to, good to do a good catch up. Hope that was useful for everybody. If anybody's got any questions, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube comments, the usual stuff, we, we'd love to hear them.
0: Absolutely. And that's it from us. So if you've enjoyed today's session, please subscribe to UC Today News and give this video a quick share on social. It's always appreciated. And if you're a Microsoft Teams fan and want to be part of the conversation, as Tom mentioned, you can connect with us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and our social links are in the description. So I'm Rob Scott from UC Today. Thanks for watching.